Boom. We're live. W-A-N-B-C. We'll do it live. We'll fucking do it live. That's how we like to start these things. We're on the clock with do you, Christopher Kai House. Do you go by the whole shit? What do you... Just Chris is fine. Chris. Just call me Chris. Chris Hall. Chris. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever you're comfortable with. Whatever just Right. Whatever you already got a Chris, motherfucker. Oh, that's right. We do. So I told you. I told you to call me House. Just call me House. Yep. All right. I like House anyway. I don't want. I don't want to take House over Chris. I don't want to step on any toes or anything like that. So you call me whatever you want. No, not at all. We're here. This is an episode of Hard Out, my favorite movie, where we have a guest on to geek out over their favorite film for sixty minutes. Before we dive into that. Speaking of films, as always, into the foreseeable future, this is brought to you by our own film, Cactus Jack. Stick around at the end of this episode, you can see a trailer of it. Without further ado, your favorite film is... Oh, hands down, it's Jaws. Dun, dun, Jaws. 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 Dun, 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you uh, asked me what my so, favorite movie was, and I didn't even have to think about no, it. It's, you didn't. Okay. A lot of people are like, "Man, so, I got a him and haw, and you know, I got one for every genre and <laughs> shit." And yours is just like Jaws. Uh-huh. So, has it been your favorite movie since you saw it? Like, it's uh, never. Have you changed favorite I, movies, or I've, is it always? I've been? wafted. I've <laughs> wafted a little bit. Probably the past decade, it's been my favorite movie. You know, before that, it would go like Twister was my favorite movie for a short period of time. You know, so I. You know, I'm easy to please, I guess, but so you like high decade. octane stuff. Yeah, I do. Didn't they play Twister in one of the drive-ins here during COVID recently? Did I'm sure they it? did. I'm sure yeah. they did. No, I got, I haven't been to a movie and well, the, the Invisible Man in February was probably my last movie. I don't know if this is made up in my head, but speaking of drive-ins and we're talking about Jaws, I believe I saw Jaws at a drive-in, but I was only two years old. So I got to ask mom. <laughs> I don't know if that's just some made up shit in my head, but we got to get like um, the red cactus shack bat phone to her and just call her ass. In the right. Yeah. <laughs> I should have asked before this, but, uh, but yeah, that's so it kind of ties in, but if they awesome used to go to drive-ins. Right, we right. definitely did that plenty as, at, you know, when, when I was a kid, but that's really early. So I don't know if I'd really have memories of that. Yeah. We, uh, my mom used to take me to a lot of drive-ins. My first drive-in memory was in 79. I saw Dracula. I don't remember what we saw before Dracula. And the only part of Dracula that I remember was uh, the very end. You know, Frank Langella's Dracula yeah, was, was at the very the end where they're on, when they're on the boat and he's melting. That's the only part I remember. But mm-hmm. it is so funny. Jaws it. was like that to me. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen yeah, it in same. fucking decades since I was a kid, probably. Maybe a teenager. I saw it again, but just moments. But mm-hmm. I mean, Chris and I have been talking lately, you know, in the construction of movies. That's really what it is about is moments. And if a movie nowadays has two three killer moments in it i'm in i'm a fan of it you know yeah. i'll forgive a lot as long as you have a couple killer moments because really and that's all you remember anyway it's like with a relationship you remember a few fights a few good things you don't remember every detail that's how films go but uh, it's interesting yep. that in the last 10 years this has become your favorite because it feels like one that would be since you were a kid you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a Jaws fan. You know, the first Jaws movie I saw in the theater that I remember was Jaws 3D, which I, I freaking loved. I was going to ask much about that as one of Jaws the followers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah there Jaws was a whole 3D. spade of 3D movies at that mm-hmm. time coming out. Friday the 13th, like the fad, the yes. And the eyeball pops yes. out at you and shit, yes. Yeah, Friday the 13th, that's the first Friday movie I saw in the theater. I remember we went, okay. my mom took, my mom was a big horror fan. Like, she's the person that got me into nice. horror. Ours too. 
my mom would take me to all these R-rated horror films when I was like 10 years old. You know, we'd go see Silent Night, Deadly Night, cross the picket lines of all the angry moms. And my mom's just like, I don't care. We're going to go see the movie. Fucking A. Awesome. But yeah, yeah Friday the 13th. Moms. Yes. Yep. The horror moms. Yep. I wouldn't be the horror fan I am without my mom. What does she think of this festival you guys put on? Uh, she pa- she passed away. She passed away before oh, the man. festival was a thing. Yeah, about seven years ago she passed. So I- I'm sure she'd dig it. She would dig it. Well, maybe it's a little bit of a way to honor her. Yeah, for sure. So, definitely. So Jaws having come out in 75, right? How old were you at the time? I was only three. I was born in 72. Okay, so we're about the same so, age. Yeah, that was one before year my time. Yeah, a little bit before my time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, why is it your favorite movie? Can you summarize it? I mean, it's 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 everything. It's just it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect storm of perfect writing, perfect editing, perfect directing, perfect performances. It's just it's everything. You know, you ask people what kind of a film Jaws is. You got some people that will say it's a horror mm-hmm. film. Some people mm-hmm. will say it's an adventure. Some will say it's a thriller. Some will say action. <clears throat> it's just it's it's just a perfect movie. It's, it's a almost, perfect storm. It's like it makes a concerted effort to switch genres between mm-hmm. sequences yes. even the yep. music um, yes sections, i was gonna say the same there's a yep. section where they're first going to catch jaws quentin mm-hmm. um hooper and brody they first set out to catch him and it's pure action just adventure mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. everything yeah that threw it. me watch it because i just watched it again <clears throat> for this purpose you know to for this discussion and i noticed that exact moment you're talking about where yeah. the music seemed so whimsical and kind of like it felt like it yep because you know, my memory of Jaws was more as a straight up a horror film, Same. pretty much. And watching it again, it was like, yeah, this is hitting almost like these, I mean, really four quadrant, like these notes where it's, it does have this kind of more adventure, high seas, you know, adventure sort of vibe or something, you know, mm-hmm. Moby like Dick. He could have. Now, it's interesting, too. I was watching some of the making of shit, and Spielberg was only 26 when he directed this, which is fucking nuts. When I think of what I was doing at 26, like I told Chris, I was like getting busted by the cashier, stealing a hot dog from open pantry, <laughs> hammered it yeah. at 26. Like, amazing. This motherfucker's directing Jaws after a massive studio bidding war over the source mm-hmm. material and everything that this 26-year-old would be tapped to make this fucking movie. I mean, that is gangster. I mean, everyone knows about Spielberg, though, at 20, he was directing TV episodes mm-hmm. and shit, which is insane. He mm-hmm. did sneak on the lot. There's some stories about him just, like, basically getting, like, acting as if he worked for the studios just uh, as, as a, a teenager assistant yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, I should correct myself, too. It's not for a quadrant. Obviously, that's more like, you know, family friendly. Like, this has, you know, this is, is a bit tentpole. much for, for, yeah, it's tentpole, right? Um, but we all watched it as kids. You know, it's, it seems like things have changed a bit where people wouldn't be as comfortable now having kids watch stuff like that yeah, exactly. my wife won't let me let my kid yep. watch it yep. which I, I probably would let him <laughs> yep, same here. Uh, so man what i was getting at is he was young when he directed this so there are still some things i would love to talk to him like what would you do differently if you were to read if you were to direct jaws now because i think some of what he could have done with that genre hopping is tied it more to a pov of a character mm-hmm. like if he had tied that action adventure to hooper more maybe who's actually getting to go out and seek this huge great white shark that he's been wanting to lay eyes on or whatever you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. probably ways in because brody it's pure horror for him yeah hooper yep. it felt like more like excitement and he's that was more the moby dick thing yeah, yeah exactly kind of, and then yeah. for quint obviously he's just like I'm part of darkness yeah, or some exactly. shit almost though too you know mm-hmm. um given his backstory which is fucking yeah. amazing mm-hmm. and we'll touch on that later but mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I bet you he would have made it on a set rather than uh, on location. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things in the making of shit where they talk about how hard it is to direct in general. But he's like, you finally set your shot. But by the time you're like, roll sound, roll camera, where you're 10 Ugh. feet away from where you set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just it away. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's not like a nightmare. Dude, I know. Like, goes. But he's just so such a gamer. That's the best thing about it. Just there's no complaining, no losing mm-hmm. is cool. Just, None of that just shit. Work with just it. like, let's get the shot. What do we got to do to get the shot? That's fucking, that's how you got to be, really. I got a little too much mm-hmm. bitch in me when it comes to directing, <laughs> like getting flustered or just, this is annoying, it's not going my way. You really, though, got to just keep a positive attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with a crew like that. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the shark the whole the mechanical shark the breakdowns of it that's kind of the mythology of this Mm -hmm. movie too because yeah one of the great axioms of horror were born out of their failures kind of the less you show it the better Mm -hmm. yep they were going to show it a hell of a lot more but they kept fucking up yeah they kept breaking down and it it actually worked in their favor probably right i think so yeah for sure the less is more aspect of it i love the bit where um I mean, you know, it's the, this is just like an awful real world story, the USS Indianapolis bit where um, yes. Quint was talking about that experience, which, you know, for those who don't know, was sunk by the, it was a U.S. ship that had delivered the bomb for Hiroshima, destined for Hiroshima. Um, and the the ship on its return voyage, because it was so secret, they, they when they got uh, attacked by the Japanese and sunk, they didn't send out a distress call. So all these men were lost or just, you know, uh, afloat in the ocean and started getting picked off by sharks. And and the, it was a thousand people who survived the initial attack. And by the end, I think it was maybe 300 people or something. Mm-hmm. The rest all had been killed by sharks and drowned and stuff, which is horrific. Yep. Uh, but at, at the end of that, he was uh, describing the eyes of the shark how it's yeah. like doll's eyes, you know, and it just has, until eyes. it bites into you, then you yep. see some something, you see emotion of some kind. Dude, Quint is one of the baddest motherfuckers in all of movie history. What a, first... mon- what, a, what a monologue that was. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what a monologue that was. And you know that he did that monologue. They were all drinking, really drinking, and Robert oh. Shaw got wasted. Um, okay. And he did that monologue when he was uh, drunk. Did you hear that story? And then uh, he came back the next day and he's like, you know, Steve Spielberg, I'm really sorry. I messed things up. Let uh, me do it one more time. Oh, shit. Just give me one chance. And then that was the monologue that we got. I'd love to see that deleted scene. I've, I don't think that's ever oh. been released, but I'd love to see that drunk delivery of the monologue. Oh, oh man. So the I was not drunk. It. Yeah, right. I no, me no. too. Yeah, because I was going to say they're pretty good actors. They actually yeah. seem pretty drunk to me. So this was yeah. them acting then in the end. Okay. I'm going to search it for that because yeah, that sounds uh, amazing. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> it's got to be out there somewhere. Extra feature. I hope it is. Yeah, I, I would love to see it. Man, Robert mm. Shaw is so fucking dope in this movie. He is. He really and is. I couldn't imagine appears, anybody else in that role. When Quint first appears, and he's just like, they're having their little almost like a PTA meeting where they're all freaking out about the shark and are we going to close the beaches or not and fuck up commerce in this little seaside town? Fourth of July weekend coming up, and he's just sitting in the back and. The, crowd kind of clears for him once he speaks up he's just nails, like, nails on nails you. nails on chalkboard yes, yes that was it, it. Literally, literally nails on the chalkboard. chalkboard yes and everyone just turns like, everyone's attention fuck? and he's just yep. sitting there cool as shit dude obviously the renegade the outlaw and he just lays basically throws the gauntlet down yeah. i'll kill this fucking shark but it's gonna cost you 10 grand fucking you know where to find me basically i'll so hunt well. it yes. and i'll trap it but i'll kill it for 10 
something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I'd love Let to see t- a prequel with Quint. I'd love to see a Quint oh, movie. Shit. Interesting oh, shit. idea. Yeah. I mean, through going through the Indian, because I always thought that alone would make it a crazy film. I mean, oh, man, yeah. I mean, talk about horror, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there are movies like Open Water and stuff like that, you know, that's in that vein. Um, and I mean, yeah. So that would be a perfect way to to put that in a film to have him experience the character experience that everything his backstory reveal too so many movies and this is something you'll see in amateur scripts a lot is they held that reveal that's usually a character reveal or motivation reveal back for like this big reveal at the end oh that's what made him tick that's what his problem was all along with him it came like at the perfect time first off when you have these kind of action movies you want those laws in between the big set pieces and shit, a moment to catch your breath or whatever. Mm-hmm. So in one of those moments, yeah, let's hit with his backstory. But just earlier when they're in his place and it's just shark jaws everywhere. Yeah. This motherfucker kills sharks. He is a shark killer, not just a fisherman or whatever. He's a shark killer. And then to find out his backstory. Of why he's yeah, he has a grudge. His motivation. Sharks. Yeah. Fuck sharks. You know, I lost hundreds of brothers and shit to sharks. So and in the end, spoiler pad. alert, sharks got him. A shark yep, got him. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. fucked up. Titular shark. Dude, I honestly didn't even remember. Like, it was almost like watching it for the first Same. time. And it had been so long. That I was, like the ship getting... I don't remember. Does right, yeah, die? I didn't remember that happening. I wasn't sure. I, I wondered that earlier, what, re-watching it. Like, does anyone die? Do these three guys all get away? I didn't remember. Right. I feel and, almost uh, ashamed. It's fucking jaws. Me too. Like, I yeah, I know. I mean, it's, but it's been, what, 20 years or whatever since we had seen it but at least yeah a few uh, a few years ago milwaukee film showed this showed jaws and the shining in 35 millimeter i went to both and it was it was really incredible watching these in in 35 millimeter like wow i miss 35 millimeter prints i love digital don't get me wrong but there's something really special about watching Mm -hmm. a 35 millimeter print so especially even knowing the process that went into it that they had to hand cut it all and you know just the that you know the way it had to be filmed knowing that it's precious that the you know, amount of actual film you have to use is a finite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those blown all takes with drifting boats and uh-huh. fucking sharks malfunctioning and shit, and, and managing this sensitive material out in the water like that. I mean, that's just fucking ambitious. It is, man. Whenever I see old school filmmakers like that, like I just we got a podcast coming up after this one scheduled. We're gonna talk about Raiders with a guy. And oh, that's awesome! Too. Kid, yeah, Spielberg. <laughs> we just watched Raiders last night and finished it this morning with my seven-year-old. I was watching some of the making of shit there. And again, practical effects. Chris and I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Fuck CGI, dude. Mm-hmm. Imagine when Jaws is ramming the cage when Hooper's in there. If it's CGI, it would just suck. Mm-hmm. It'd be mm-hmm. so lifeless and, it, and shit. Just... And like, it did just look horrific. I mean, the, the mouth, you know, those teeth. I mean, it just wouldn't have that same quality in CGI. Yeah. It just doesn't grab you like that. Like Even something a little cheesier thing. in practical effects. It's still better. Still better. better. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, it was seen... to some degree, you know, to a, a mm-hmm. small degree. I, I, re- I um, looked at some older reviews of, uh, you know, that were contemporary when it came out of the film. And a lot of people criticized the shark that, like, there was, you know, mm-hmm. a couple close-ups that really just made it look silly like but rewatching it i was like it doesn't bother me at all i mean i think it still looked pretty fucking again terrifying you know i think we appreciate things like that more nowadays that we have That's so true. much cgi like we've seen right. the meg you know the shark in the meg looks completely fake the alligators and crocodiles mm-hmm. and crawl looked fake i mean 
uh, you just you, we have this newfound appreciation for practical effects. I think. Yeah. Right. Hopefully that we'll ever go back there again. If I was going to say, hopefully that inspires a resurgence in practical I effects. I, I hope so. I think just the business side of it is just not going to go for this shit again. Like with like yeah. Waterworld and these mistakes and shit. I mean, I yeah. get it though. For Maybe as a novelty sort of thing, <clears throat> like some like Dark I Crystal, mean, you know, came out on Netflix and it was supposed to be all practical effects or at least using the puppets. Yeah. But when I I scanned it, I watched a bit of it and it had what looked to me like cgi stuff in there still even then like it yeah. would have been nice to keep it pure you know and, and yeah. you know make that sort of a selling point but you know you've got jj abrams who wanted to use more practical effects and he, he used a lot of practical effects in his star wars movies rise of skywalker mm-hmm. and yeah force awakens so, so there's yeah. you know there's some filmmakers still have an appreciation for it yeah and that specifically i think was done because it was star wars you know that yeah. it was like uh an homage like like much of what else he did with yeah. it was an homage yeah. we're not going to um, talk about ryan johnson's star wars cause that's a different podcast uh, but i will definitely I, w- I would go deep with you on that I mean, it's probably impossible to stay on jaws the whole time and we do organically go wherever we go I, I, that's yeah, how yeah, we, that's, we can go that's, there if you want to yeah that's how our podcast i hated the last year we, <laughs> I just, I okay we, we did um we did our first episode of this, you know, sub channel or whatever you want to call it is uh, the, about people's favorite films was Star Wars mm-hmm. with Greg Zart. So we did get into that a little bit. Um, yeah, we've done anyway, a five hour or three hour review. Of yeah. The last Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker yeah. Once, yeah. But, uh, um, but I still, th- there's definitely much more to say about Jaws before we do go into other territory. Like well, one thing I wanted to mention too, when I rewatched it was I didn't remember the ship getting dist- or the boat, the boat getting that wrecked by the end. It was like mm-hmm. almost Titanic level floating on a door sort of situation. You know, up on that little mast. That's fucking yes. perfect. Yeah. I mean, that just, that built the tension, you know, Brody's on that, on, on his last, you know, this is Brody's last chance to kill mm-hmm. the shark and the music was mm-hmm. swelling and it was, just a yes. tense moment part of me there's that stupid ass writer part of me that was like would that tank really stay in its mouth that whole time and mm-hmm. shit, you know, yeah. which i tried to turn off but then i was like you know what it probably would i don't know if these sharks would really regurgitate it or anything they're so dumb and just like shit goes in their mouth it's like one way right. street almost you know nom, nom, nom. Yeah. um uh, Another thing about the film that would be interesting or good to touch on is at the beginning with the mayor who, because it's sort of like coronavirus, the situation now, you know, where, and you can look at it both, you can look at it both ways too, because they're like, you know, our entire town depends on, you know, having the beaches open for 4th of July and summer, you know, in general, and this is going to destroy their economy. And it's sort of like the coronavirus argument in that, like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, it's like a almost like this sacrifice to the gods thing, you know, like, well, if one or two people are lost, but we all thrive in this economy, some people see that as still being the greater good, you know, which uh, w- with this, you know, with the coronavirus situation is similar that people are like, well, you know, those who die, I guess, will just, you know, we can't stop the economy, you know, that's, that's. Well, the and also how even when right people now. knew there was a likely shark attack and then knew there was a shark attack. It didn't stop a lot of people from still going in the water. Right. right? Yeah, right. exactly. Now, now they did have the politician encouraging them. There was that great bit where mm-hmm. no one is mm-hmm. going in the water and the mayor goes up to that dude. He's like, get your ass in the water, dude. No mm-hmm. one's going in. And he gets in and everyone else is like, Oh shit, I can go in. Just very much. Yeah, he like, was, he was scared shitless to go in, but he, yes, he went in. Exactly. Right. 
and then you saw oh those kids pranked that's what happened at that moment it's yep. fucking amazing now <laughs> now punks yes yes <laughs> when you do parallel this to the coronavirus thing um it could be argued in this scenario that you don't close the beaches you just warn everyone go in the water at your own risk there's right, a shark out there if you well. want to come sunbathe or whatever then that's fine you know we're not going to shut the whole town down but just let it be known there's a man-eating shark in the waters you know venture into mm -hmm. it at your own risk you know is that maybe more sensible than just shutting it all down i think that would be more sensible yeah just you know no swimming come and enjoy the beach exactly on the water yeah. well even swim at your own risk but just yeah. Yeah. shark shark attack right. recently exactly. there's a shark attack six days ago signs everywhere instead of yes. no swimming signs yeah. which i mean i'm not letting my kid get in i'm not getting right. in it's kind of like what? if dumbasses want to get in and risk their life for a fucking stupid day at the beach let them i guess but that's where the coronavirus thing does break down because with coronavirus, you can you risk other people. Yeah, you if don't you go out in the water and swim with the shark, you're only risking yourself, but it right. doesn't suddenly kill everyone else, you know, on yeah. the beach, you know? <laughs> you go back home to Vermont and grandma dies from a shark attack. Like, what? <laughs> um, it was also pretty heavy that uh, Brody was... Um, you know, he had, he had, uh, he was basically to blame for that second death, you know, that he didn't shut mm -hmm. down and, you know, the, the mother, you know, came at him for that and said that he was responsible. And so, you know, it's a pretty, uh, heavy burden, um, it is, yeah. to touch on, you know, it's great for a hero, but there's part of me, like his wife said or whatever, who was it? No, it was maybe Hooper. Somebody says it wasn't your fault. Right. And he says, yeah, it was, the, the, which is yeah. great as a character but this movie is so mm -hmm. character driven for what it is it's it, it kind really of movie norm is not this character driven did you, either of you guys read the book by any chance no there were some subplots that they left out uh, one of the oh, subplots okay. was hooper and brody's wife like knew each other in the past mm -hmm. and oh, in the okay. book they have an affair during you know the whole shark hunt thing so it sounds way better without it the movie didn't yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's much probably. better much better without it but the the book just had some weird subplots that i'm That's glad hilarious. You almost think it'd be the reverse where right Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood like, insists a, you add this some love yeah. triangle like we've yeah. had scripts where we were on assignment right. and we we have to add a love triangle yes. like get the fuck out of here this shit's about a serial killer. no it was it was perfect like brody and his wife had the perfect relationship you know they loved each other mm -hmm. they loved their kids you know mm -hmm. the film showed just enough they didn't show more than they needed to it was just Enough. completely agree and that was refreshing um, for once yeah. like does every marriage have to be right. stress in every movie and shit right seriously and they still have their moments you know um yeah. i love the bit where he's looking at the shark books and she goes out and the kids are about to get on their little boat or they're sitting yeah, on their yeah. boat at the dock yeah. and he's yeah. like get in here get in here because he's been reading the book and she's like ah whatever it's not a big deal and then she looks at some picture in the book and she's like get the fuck in here you heard your father yep so great it's like they're getting the, on the same page, you know, parentally. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I had completely forgotten that it was actually a book before a movie. And then when you said that, it reminded me. But then I was like, is it one of those cases where they wrote the book after the movies? But it was a book prior to it was an adaptation. In other words, the movie was of a book. OK, yep. yeah, what was I his name? completely forgot about that. Benchley? He, Peter, Be Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. He worked on yeah. the script, too, right? Yep, he did with Carl Gottlieb. Yeah, and there were scenes he wasn't there in the making of footage that I saw, but Gottlieb was, which is mm -hmm. crazy as a writer nowadays, that he was on the boat with them. They showed scenes oh, yeah. where Spielberg were talking, and they're like, 
basically Spielberg told him to cut all this dialogue. Like, we could do all this shit in one line, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came up with a good line, and it, it is just so economical, man. They the really yeah, both uh, both Gottlieb go up, both got got the both Gottlieb and and Benchley had little cameo roles in the film too. Okay, what roles do you? Do you Peter know? Benchley was the reporter on the beach, and okay. I I can't remember. Uh, Gottlieb played a character called Franklin, but I, I I think I can't remember where he was. He was just a background okay. character. Or one of those guys uh, who go out on one of the boats or something. Probably pr- probably one yeah. of the one of the hunt- I think one of the hunters. That dock scene was great. It was. Yeah. I like that I the guy it was didn't funny. Die. They were all huddled in one group. Like why wouldn't they kind of like spread out? <laughs> just uh-huh. this, um, but that's human nature for you. This shit make you as a kid scared to swim. Or at least uh, go to the ocean. Mm-hmm. So you're no, landlocked midwest right i went to pools i know we never even went to lake michigan so i yeah, we lived on the coast the, the yeah. ocean the swimming in the ocean's creepy as fuck to me is it yeah i've been <laughs> to the, I've been to the ocean partly why yeah i i've done it plenty too but um but yeah this movie i think did as a kid have an impact on me it's yeah I, we had those active imaginations we grew up in the dc chesapeake bay area so out in the ocean you know east coast ocean shit and then we moved to the philippines for a while as kids and oh wow i was just uh telling my kid we were watching some weird but true sunken treasure episode on that geo kids or some shit and i brought up all my snorkeling gear i had from when i was stationed or after i got out of the air force but i was at ascension island in the south atlantic ocean like tracking satellites and shit and i got the snorkeling gear and i went out like two times like pulling rock lobsters out of little caves and shit underwater that's awesome the second time I went out, this they call them a fang tooth moray eel. They have teeth mm-hmm. that looks like shards of glass. I've, seen, shit up. I've seen pictures, yeah. One of them came out of one of these fucking holes I was just about to reach into. A foot away from my face with those fangs. Jesus. Dude, I just booked it. I have not been uh, back in the ocean deals. since. I I'm, like, <laughs> I'm fascinated by the ocean. I'm fascinated by the deep sea, but I would be scared. I'd be scared mm-hmm. shitless to go scuba diving. You're so on their yeah. turf. Like, I'll fight a shark yeah. on land, but I'm not fighting them on his fucking territory. No, yeah. I don't even want to fight yeah. one on land and shit, but... Some of that shark. shit in the deep sea is so alien and crazy, yeah. trippy, just the bioluminescent and just, you know, all kinds yep. of, you know, freakish looking, too, like those yep. anglers and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, and how many it's times a weird would mix you... of deceptively intelligent and then, like he said, doll's eye, just stupid predatory shit mm-hmm. that, well sharks like, they do they only do one thing they only they kill yeah, to survive yeah. like that's yeah. their purpose eating machines some of the yeah, he mentioned in the movie um when he was reading the book and it's funny you know there was no internet then so it's like you just read these books about it and he's like nobody knows nobody knows how old sharks get they could be you know a thousand years two thousand years no one <laughs> right. even knows you know and great. i looked it up because i remembered you know hearing or reading that they could live up to 500 years it's just still fucking crazy so fucking and nice. there oh, is one Forgot to show you guys. There, look at that. Nice. Yeah, right Perfect. there. Paid. No, I don't know if you can see it through the lights, but that's uh, that's the orca. Nice. I got a I got a whole bunch of jaw stuff. I'm just that's awesome. Super nerd here. Sorry. Were you yeah. saying they looked yeah. something up and confirmed or they oh, confirmed? Well, I looked up after that um, what the oldest known shark was, and there's one that I believe is still alive that's up in the Arctic somewhere. Uh, I think it was, and it was uh, believed to be 272 years old. I think. Shh. Someone get um, but, on that motherfucker. And they said yeah. its species could conceivably live to 500, like half a, set, uh, a, a millennia, half a millennia. Mm-hmm. 
That's insane, man. You think about that, like through generations of humans, this thing, but you were talking about that's all they do is just eat pretty much, you know, eat, eat eat and and procreate. So this thing for 272 fucking years is just flying around, just eating everything. And that's pretty much true monster. I think the scariest thing is that we only know a small fraction of the the sea life that exists. Like we don't know Mm -hmm. what's in the very deep, like there could be shit. Yeah megalodons in the very deep deep sea at the bottom of the ocean like we don't know like we know fucking godzillas kaijus there could be alien you know lovecraftian prince namor (laughs) jason momoa (laughs) who knows um how many times would you say you've seen this movie jaws jaws i probably probably up there with star wars like probably Got oh, it, triple digits. We'll just say triple digits. Okay, nice. Easily. Damn, that's. Crazy. I gotta watch it. I, I don't think I can watch times. it. Anyway. I gotta watch it a couple times every summer. You know, I gotta watch it on the Fourth of July. Do you subject your so, family to this, or are they just like, God <laughs> damn it? They've seen it. Yeah, they've seen. It. I've got VHS, Blu-ray. I've got a beta. I've got the 4K. I've got a DVD. I've got multiple copies of it. It's. I'm. You feel like at this point you can just close your eyes and watch that shit. Probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So is this your desert island movie? If you were it is. stuck on a desert, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, Dude, it's the yeah. com- last it's, movie I'd want on a desert island. Uh, no shit. <laughs> it, it's my comfort. I'd be watching food, Castaway. Like, how do I get the fuck off? This movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my comfort food. You know, it makes me it makes me happy. You know, funny. and you would be Jaws's comfort food. Yeah, it would be. It's perfect. <laughs> we all gotta go like, someday. <clears throat> it was kind of reminding me too of the old man in the sea Hemingway. You know, sure. like it, it. You know, just especially the quince element of ahab it. captain ahab moby dick yeah exactly oh. yeah. it's classic timeless shit man and just following the monster is almost a bay wolf aspect to it you know that's classic shit too any oh, so many greek myths track down the monster medusa with perseus yes you know, the, the nemean lion all that shit the kraken mm-hmm. um dragon slaying essentially no mm-hmm the sequels you said the first exposure you had was the third one that's mm-hmm. the first one you that's, had seen that's okay the and then you went back saw, and yeah. okay and then you went yeah. back and watched the first one after that and mm-hmm. then the second mm-hmm. um how many have there been sequels do you know is it like four five or something oh, four. four okay yeah, yeah okay yeah. And that one had alternate endings, didn't it? I just remembered that the the fourth one that like you're depending which theater you went to. I think I had a different really? ending. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. yeah. That was I, that was the one that was, I saw. That was kind of that was kind of popular back then. Clue the movie had different endings yeah, depending on right. theater. That's perfect though. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of a cop out almost to have the two endings in a way. We've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. We thought about doing it with our own stuff, but um but i like that it exists you know as like an alternate version i don't have any problem but i do feel like one should be diverse yeah absolutely um so what did you think of the sequels and like each one like part part two was okay part two i liked you know i just can you refresh me on what happened in part two i don't remember at all like how that went down another shark is it like the revenge was it that was part four part four was okay revenge no just another shark comes and it's just Just another shark Another shark. Quinn no, Spielberg no, did not Spielberg. direct any of okay. that shit. It was totally just like sure. a money grab, just right? A, yeah. Yeah, but still written by Carl Gottlieb. Um, uh, okay. I can't remember who directed it. Still could that. be a money grab. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it made money. Yeah. Um, so Scheider wasn't in it. No, Scheider was in it. It wasn't. Okay. It was. It was in part two. Ah, Uni- so Universal. he came to help out. 
No, no, no. He didn't want to be in it. He hated it. He didn't want anything to do with it. But Universal had him under contract. And Universal said, you know what? Do this and we'll fund mm-hmm. your 52 pickup, I think it was called. We'll mm-hmm. fund this mm-hmm. movie. We'll, okay. we'll make this movie for you, okay. but you've got to be in Jaws too. One he, for you, one for me. I meant the character, though. Was it that the oh. thing that he was called to help out because he had experience with this previous? Was it back on Amity that Island again? It was, it was, yeah, it was back on Amity Island. Another shark. Mm-hmm. Just oh, 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 I thought the same thing. The, 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 um, the mayor was in it, and the mayor's like, I just I can't believe this is happening again. And Hooper okay. is away on another assignment somewhere, and Quint is obviously dead. So Dreyfus is too big a star by then. He was, <laughs> yeah. him <laughs> right? Dreyfus was, is yeah. fucking awesome, man. Yeah, that dude he had a good energy. Credit, like, just as an actor. Like, he's very intelligent. Mm-hmm. His timing is mm-hmm. great. His laughs is good. Very naturalistic. Yeah. Like, when he comes to dinner the in their house, scene. and he brings the wine over, and he just starts eating dude's dinner and shit. Mm-hmm. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like acting to me. It seemed like the kind of dude who's just a rich, entitled dude would barge in and start eating your fucking food, you know? Yeah, he parodied his character Cooper in Piranha 3D. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, really? He played okay. a character, a, par- a character called Hooper. I don't think it was supposed to be huh. the same Hooper. Maybe it was, but oh my god, Jaws and Piranha are in the same universe now. He's this. He's the yeah. He's this guy that goes fishing and he, mad eating fish universe. He's 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 to blame for the the piranha outbreak that happens and uh, unleashes them. So. I do remember the first piranha freaking me the fuck out as a kid. I remember piranha too, the spawning. Yeah. That was the flying piranha one one. And isn't that Jim, the one James, James Cameron, Cameron yeah. made? Yeah. Uh, maybe that is. Uh, I feel like it was hilarious. the first one I'm thinking of. But uh, I know we saw uh, the first two as kids. Yeah, I don't think that one was just so But I was aware of it. Flying and shit like. Yeah, James, James Cameron said that he made the best ever flying piranha movie. Yes. Ah, that was, that was the only. Let's that that make the, one so we can <laughs> give him was, some competition. That was the only flying piranha movie. <laughs> All right. That's our next project now, flying piranha movie. Why aren't there seven flying piranha movies? Come on, folks. Right. Come on. It's a whole genre that's waiting to be exploited. Oh, yeah, you'd think there would be a piranado movie, but. Right. No shit. <laughs> uh, but that's a mouthful. The piranha, piranha-ado or piranado? Piranado, I think is good. Yeah, I think so. Now, you said when I first was messaging you about this that we don't realize the can of worms we opened with having <sighs> you want to talk about Jaws. Oh, because I just, I love Jaws. It's like uh, I, I could stroke. So them. now, but your love of this, part of what we want to do with this, my favorite movie shit, some of it will just be geekdom. Some of it's humans of New York style, really profound movies. Like last week, we talked to our Cactus Jack star, Michael Gall, and his pick was Inherit the Wind a movie that not only made him give up religion, but want to become an actor. Like, that's profound life shit, you know what I mean? Uh, the impact it had on him. But yours is more just like a love of it as a movie lover, right? Like, you don't have any well, personal this... connection necessarily to you and your dad. He's watching every fucking Sunday or any shit like that, you know? Nothing like that, other than the fact that this made Steven Spielberg who he is today. And Steven Spielberg is probably one of the greatest directors of all time you know without jaws would we have a steven spielberg so this movie changed everything as far as the mega blockbuster it did yeah and why and why did it do that though because there had been movies like this before you know um earthquake you know there have been disaster movies big movies airport 77 what did jaws do differently to make this the creator of the summer blockbuster movie that's a question that i can't answer i think part of it's the horror 
the horror yeah. element, the monster, I mean, the not seeing it, the yeah, lurking. and that is some primordial shit being eaten alive by anything. I mean, a lion, whatever. I mean, that goes all the way back to our like deepest fears uh, that are before language, anything. I mean, back when we were fucking weasels or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and the music uh, too. You know, the music, two two notes, two notes. Yes, yes. and it, it, we we remember John that. Williams once and again. Spielberg hated the soundtrack when he first heard it. He hated it. Mm-hmm. Williams talked him into it. And okay. I mean, John Williams is one of the most pimpest motherfuckers of all time. We're, we're talking to Greg Zard about Star Wars. It's funny because he said, you know, he started playing the music. He's like, this is just one of the reasons I love it. The music. What else do you hear the music and you instantly know what it is? I was like, I mean, Jaws. Jaws. Indiana Jones. I started listening to something. I'm like, they're all John Williams. John Williams. And yeah. He has like all of the most iconic shit, really. Yeah. Yep, he is got, like, probably John Carpenter, Halloween horror is the other one. <laughs> that shit, right? You know, yeah. horror, which themes. is sort of Jaws like, you know, dun dun mm-hmm. dun dun. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of and Halloween, Exorcist, and Halloween has that piano kind of thing going. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. but again, very simple, very sparse. Notes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't got to do much, man. It's going to be a very sad day when we lose John Williams. Knock on wood. I don't want that to happen yeah, anytime soon. But I'm going to be really, really bummed out. True cause... legend. I mean, yeah. damn. The, what is Jaws without the soundtrack? Right. What movies, is Indiana you know, Jones with some of those movies, soundtrack? you know, Star Wars would not be Star Wars without that movie. Lucas wanted classical music originally. You know, he wanted Bach and Beethoven, mm. and it would not Which, be. Um, it is John, that was not the timer. That was me saying, fuck that, Lucas. <laughs> John Williams, and I forget the name of it, but there was a uh, suite or whatever of, of compositions. Um, that this that Star Wars was heavily inspired yeah. by. Yeah, I think, was it Ort or something like Carl Ort or something? No, that's Carl. I think, Ort, I think so. But it's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. But it, it was it was the planets. It was you know yes. there was one for each planet in the solar system. Which is cool, track, space opera, song. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of like he definitely drew inspiration from that. Yes, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, but it, my point being though, it is still very much in that classical vein. I mean, it's like using the an orchestra, or, you know, classical style orchestra and all that stuff. Compare that to like the more recent, like Hans Zimmer and Trent Reznor and all these soundtracks mm-hmm. nowadays. It's still definitely in that you know realm, more classical than. It is funny, we're Chris and I, modern stuff. Often, we've become enamored with this concept of just can we do everything? Can we, you know, what Soderbergh kind of does, but even a step further. I mean. Be our own colorists, score the shit ourselves. Oh, Everything yeah. technology now. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could. But yeah. which we but there is something doing. we said for just Titans coming together. That's what these Spielberg yeah. movies are. John Williams with the Spielberg, right. with the Harrison Ford, with you know, it's like, geez, that shit is impressive. We don't need to pull Titans at all that. Right, right. We we need our Harrison Ford. We got Gaul, but right, right. It's like unless we make every movie with him, we gotta find more. <laughs> It is, there. <laughs> it's synergistic though it's like these, sometimes these people get together and it just creates fucking magic mm-hmm. i mean generations influenced by it and like jaws maybe uh, i can see it having a profound impact on people's lives as far as a fear of the ocean and shit mm-hmm. but otherwise it's not that kind of movie necessarily it's not one that would have a neg or a positive impact in your life i, don't, I mean i don't know if it really inspired filmmakers to become directors are probably did i mean i'm sure it did inspire some people mm-hmm. to get into filmmaking i'm sure a ton i'm sure but yeah i mean that's that's almost just a given you know what i mean like something inherit the wind 
the impact it had on Gaul to change the course of his life spiritually and shit. That's a deep movie. His worldview. Yeah. Yeah, to change yeah. your worldview, not like, this is what I want to do for a living and shit, you know? <clears throat> well, you know what movie did that recently? Uh, Passion of the Christ. Remember that? Mm. That changed. I mean, people were admitting the crimes oh, yeah. they committed, murders they committed. Like, I, I don't understand amazing how film. movies, yeah, I don't know. Like, amazing film, but how could that change so many lives like that like well maybe this is more about spirituality and the spiritual mind and shit and how yeah. it's, it's yeah in a way they were probably already kind of primed for it yeah exactly mm -hmm. the kind of movie would never have the same impact on someone who's an atheist or something but uh, which no. is I mean, amazing fucking film mel gibson yes possibly my favorite director to be honest no oh, i love apocalypto apocalypto dude braveheart apocalypto yeah. all the Man without a face, even his little movies and shit. Yeah. Very well done, you know. Yeah, he's making a sequel out of Passion of the Christ, Resurrection of the Christ, I think. Yeah, I know. And uh, it's so crazy that Jim Caviezel actually got struck by lightning when he was on the cross. Oh my god! Yeah. Shit. Did you ever hear yeah. that? Yep. So I never heard crazy. that. Yeah, oh. dude. Fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm a believer now. Right. So he already is. He makes like faith movies mm -hmm. and shit now. I think. Mm -hmm. Was this before or after the lightning bolt? he was awesome in the count of monte cristo yeah he's great in that yes he's yep. a good actor uh thin red line cool. fucking yep. great i have no idea where we are time-wise but so what let's talk about just other movies you love then you are a huge horror guy i'm big into horror yep i love star wars love uh love independent horror like your podcast is the pop culture podcast. Yep. Yet your film festival is Twisted Dreams. Yep. But we're, you know, we're trying to change that. We're trying to branch out into more fantasy and sci-fi. You know, we're yeah. trying not to pigeon ourselves in the in the horror so much. Which is interesting. It's tough. Sometimes niche is better. It is. Yeah. Just as far as Definitely. having a lane and a dedicated audience. The go-to place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But we're finding sponsors aren't too interested in giving money to horror mm. film festivals. So we gotta think about sponsors and. Sons of bitches. Yeah. It's always about fucking money. Yep. Can't keep anything always. pure. The genre thing is interesting again, though. Like, some movies just are hard to quantify. Like, Jaws again. Mm -hmm. the, it's an action adventure. It's a horror movie. It's, we can almost argue, just police procedural at times and shit. Just dealing with the coroner yeah. and the medical examiner and the politics of it and shit, which is cool. Um, how much time we have left actually i did like that in the one we did with uh our michael gall you know um he inherited the win he uh asked how much time we had left but it wasn't because we had run out of things to say it's because he wanted to know if there was enough time to say what he wanted to say next you know, oh. that's, that's, a, that's a good position to be in he's a motor mouth but uh, do you have anything like the plug or anything, by the way? Do you want to like uh, the pop culture the podcast? Pop we culture have pod. that, uh, that we stream that on Facebook and YouTube and over on Twitch. Uh, you can find us on well, probably easiest on Facebook. Okay. And the What's up there interview they did with Lloyd Kaufman. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that was that was a fun interview. We did that you for might the get, Twisted Dreams Film Festival. You might get, you know, three more views or something from that. So, <laughs> right, I'll take it. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have a ton of viewers at this point, but uh, we're trying. We're trying. As far as Spielberg goes, it's interesting, too, that the guy who made this movie would make a Schindler's List later. 
Mm, like, yeah. I don't know if anyone when Jaws came out would have ever seen that coming, you know? Yeah, I mean, he made me in a color purple. True. That, that was kind of a, mm, a deep movie point. back when that came out. Nobody, I don't, like, I was like, the color purple like what is it about space aliens that are purple what you know, <laughs> yeah. people are like why spielberg or empire of the sun he made yeah so he did take some departures yeah some of his best shit munich munich's fucking amazing yeah. mm-hmm. that's a great film yes have you uh have you ever seen duel do you yeah. yell yes mm-hmm. that's great it's uh, i think it's spielberg's first feature film right that's i think sugarland express it's sugarland express was yeah oh, okay so this he did a bunch of TV one. before that. I think his first directorial uh, gig was an episode of Night Gallery, mm-hmm. which producers didn't want him on, but the studio had vouched for him. So that's kind of how he got his foot in the door. So I feel as- like one of the times he jumped the fence of the studio, I feel like he ended up finding his way to like the president of production or some shit. I think so. Yeah. At one of these studios and was just like, I'm going to make movies here one day when he's like 16 and shit. Mm-hmm. And I guess impress the dude. Mm-hmm. Try that nowadays. Everything's so corporate and fucking dude, you just get tased and banned <laughs> from the lot forever. And But that's not the only way to make movies nowadays either. Fuck a studio. Right. You can make a movie yeah. with your phone. I know people that make them with their iPhones. We did. Well, we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you, go. there you go. Yeah. Stick around, watch the trailer, bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that obstruction, you know. Try here's, to here's an obstruction. Make it down to the middle. Make a shark movie with a phone. Oh, you could, mm. yeah. iPhones yeah. are lockproof. You can go diving with those things. Yeah, like a found footage shark movie. Like open water, all those. Has anyone made a found footage one yet? That could be fucking frightening because you barely ever, you might never see the shark. Yeah, I don't Like the actor might uh, never get a good shot of the shark if they got a phone on them or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Would Which would be part of the obstruction too. Like, so, you know, people who are just trying to do it where you can't get your own animatronic shark or real footage of one. So how do you work right. with that? How do you make it convincing? That would be fucking crazy. And they're such silent killers. Like they just come up, you see that fin, like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. There's no shrieking like some whenever a dragon or like some bird thing attacks in a movie they're always coming in hot streaking and shit you know or a dinosaur the t-rex this shit just from out of nowhere under the surface it's fucking creepy yep it is yeah google us some uh, like seal attacks you know great whites getting seals like you don't see them they come up from below and then they just jump out of the water grab the seals and go back down and Scary. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. For the yeah. last however many minutes of this we have left, I'm gonna just edit in sharks. And <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Seals. Strap a GoPro onto a seal in the Arctic, and you'd have your oh, your found footage. Oh, I see a cat. Hey, cat. <laughs> His cat, Jeffries. We just got two new kittens. Enjoy. He's probably about to. Yeah, he's about to lick his ass. Get <laughs> 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 an eyeful. <laughs> No, yeah, there he goes. He's doing what he can to keep the last <laughs> however many minutes of this entertaining. Star of the show. <laughs> That's it's not a family on. friendly not a family friendly podcast, is it? Spielberg's interesting, man. He's gonna dominate this whole fucking thing. Like Yeah. I mean I mean, depending well, on who you have, he influenced an entire generation of people. Yes. His well, I made a post on Facebook joking that Steven Spielberg has touched more young boys than possibly everyone except the Catholic Church. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Because 
It's true. It's almost bo- all young boys, dude, that yeah. I know. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. sweet chicks. Well, that's what he's tapping into. Movies, you know. Yeah, exactly. Especially at the time, because, you know, this, the, the genders were more enforced as far as girls played Barbie and boys, mm-hmm. you know, were into sharks and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. I had Indiana Jones action figures. I didn't have any E.T. action figures, but I had the E.T. video game. Which I loved the Atari Twenty Six Hundred ET. Yeah. I don't oh like yeah, that was great. Yeah, people give that shit. I love that game when I was a kid. Yeah, that thing me is too. Where you'd push the button to get his neck to grow, and then he'd float. Yes. Abstract. Raiders lost shit. Raiders of the Lost Ark was similar too. Mm-hmm. Even weirder. Cool. The Raiders game was. Yes, it was so weird. Trick. But I love mm-hmm. how weird. Yeah, it's, a, it's like out there. Fucking what was that four bit? That's not even like eight bit. Like eight bit Nintendo came out and was a big deal. Eight bits. Do oh, we lose shit. the house? No, he's there. I think. No, I'm here. Oh, we lost oh, the video. Lost my picture when I plugged my fucking. Oh, <laughs> funny. No, yeah, you swapped the okay, other no. fat guy. Right, cool. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, what were we talking? Oh, ET. I was ET for uh, for. Uh, I think it was Halloween once. Yes, it was I used to draw them all the time too. <laughs> it's a draw ET. It was one of those um, cheap plastic. Why the fuck do I keep this? Yeah, just just with the rubber band, you know. <laughs> just uh, like, the, a perfect world that Casper mask that kid had. What the fuck is wrong with my camera? I cannot plug my vaporizer in. Apparently, damn. Now I'm in some Nick Reffin movie and shit. Nice. <laughs> up? Only God forgives. <laughs> The clock at hard out does not. I'm scared to look at it. So if you had to put Jaws in a particular section at Blockbuster, what would it be? Would it be horror or action or adventure or I'd probably put it in a, put it in a thriller. You know, okay. put a thriller section. So you would separate thriller from horror and action. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty and, gory. Like what what do you think makes the difference between horror and thriller in this case especially? I think level of intensity, mm-hmm. and uh, well, you know, I don't know, maybe gore. Nah, probably. I don't think. No, not gore. Just, just level of scares, level of intensity. I think. Well, one thing with horror is maybe not universally, but often it's more about the survival. Like, or you know, it's like it's more centered on the villain, like hunting down and stalking people or whatever, and killing like yeah. just a string of victims and stuff. Whereas with this, I mean, really, it was only two before Quinn, right? It was just mm-hmm. the girl and then the boy, the kid. Yeah. Um, and it like a horror movie would be more focused on the probably the carnage, right? You yeah. know, whereas well, this, yeah. I think it's about predator and prey. Yes. What you're hitting on normally, yes. the protagonist or whatever, the lead would be the prey. In this case, Brody becomes the predator of a predator, right. which is interesting. But then at the end, when it's all going to shit and you're marooned out on this boat that's collapsing and capsizing, you become the prey again. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this this movie's this battle of prey and predator, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't which know if the old man in the sea that do that until the end usually it's usually at the very end where somebody turns exactly and, and often Jason, but it's always in self-defense you know yeah and oftentimes they it's only them getting away like texas chainsaw massacre you know it's not you know he you know leatherface doesn't get killed or beaten you know it's just you get away that's Escape. that's the that's victory, the victory. You, know? Yeah, yeah. you know yeah live to fight another day mm-hmm. i think I'm trying to think any other horror movies that kind of do that that 
play with the predator prey thing that much. It's interesting. Mm. I might that might be something to look into fucking with creatively. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Beowulf again could be kind of a horror thing if you imagine that this thing has been there's been movies I guess like the Thirteenth Warrior type shit, but they're never horror mm-hmm. movies. That's the thing. Yeah. Where this thing's been sacking us, we need to go get it before it you know, Beowulf could really be a good horror film. Like, uh, I don't yeah, know if you absolutely. saw the CGI one from Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Really good yeah. fucking movie. Amazing movie. That could be almost horror in a way. Mm-hmm. You can make a version of Beowulf that is a straight horror for sure. Oh, sure. If you gave it just those certain yes. trappings. And... I got to admit, when I, you know, studied or whatever, I was told to study Beowulf. I thought it was kind of lame that Grendel got killed by his arm being ripped off. It's like that's it like your arm getting ripped off you know i thought that too but <laughs> now as a grown-up i think it's cooler but yeah I like the femoral artery type thing like yeah the fact yeah. that that shit can definitely kill uh-huh. you if you bleed out or whatever you know it is interesting it's almost like achilles you got hit in the heel and you die bitch. yeah i always thought mm-hmm. that was kind of lame too but but the reason is great because yes. he got dipped into the yes. waters that protected him by the heel so that justifies it all yes the Grendel thing, though, yeah, that was interesting. Getting just your arm ripped off. It's kind of like when well, Jaws dive, his fin got cut off. Not yeah, that they bleed the same way as us. Didn't Grendel's like, didn't his eardrums get ruptured or something? Like somebody screamed or they they hmm. they ruptured his eardrums. I just I remember the cartoon version. I didn't read the, the uh, story. Okay, yeah, I'm, I think just, I'm thinking is... about I'm thinking about Zemeckis's. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it much. Angelina Jolie was in that, right? She was um, yeah. Ray Grendel's Wins, mom or something, right? Yep. Grendel's mother. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Was that in the play? I don't even remember if his. I think it was. I think his mother was in it, if I remember yeah. right. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. But uh, anyway. Spielberg should have made it. <laughs> right. Jurassic Park is another what's a horror movie kind of, but not yeah yeah. It's but similar it's to Jaws and that it's, that it has it has everything in it. He makes these movies that are hard to even quantify genre wise because they kind of mm-hmm. have everything in them. Yeah, when I brought up Duel, I meant to say it's it's somewhat like Jaws too because it's this even though it's a, a person like so the, for those who don't know it's the whole movie is about this guy. It's like a road rage movie, and um, was it Peter Weller? Was it? I forget who was the main character and the actor. It's been a long time, but he, I think, was he I think Bruce Bruce Dern maybe? Yeah, I, I gotta look it up now. But he pisses off a truck driver, and you don't ever see the truck driver, just his arm at one point, you know, out the window or whatever. Right. But it's just he pisses off a truck driver, and the whole movie is the truck driver just basically chasing him on highways and shit. And fucking right, because the truck itself, a semi, is kind of the monster. The yeah, exactly. Whatever, it's like a big shark coming at you or whatever. It's but really kinda... the true monster is the guy behind the wheel. That's what's great. Mm-hmm. The best monster movies are when man is the monster, in my opinion. Yeah. Dennis Weaver. Dennis Weaver. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Dual classic. The most, shit. The most bizarre web murder weapon ever used. <laughs> yeah, who's the, who's the place the guy? Do they ever even the show the dude? The truck driver was no, played by so. someone named Carrie Lofton. Mm. I well, I I first heard of it actually reading Stephen King's own writing, which is amazing. Um, uh, his book obviously on writing, um, but he. Uh, he actually specifically pointed out that you never see the truck driver. You only see his arm, you know, on the, mm-hmm. on the windowsill or whatever. Yeah, I'm looking at oh, that was, 
That was written by Richard Matheson. Yeah, and he did the screenplay as yes. well. So yep. I was about to say they used to do that so much more back then, mm-hmm. where you'd get to adapt your own shit as an author. Yeah, you know, I always got to bring in fifty different writers and shit on it. Lame. Come on, Hollywood. All right, let's talk about the Last Jedi. okay we when we had our first episode talking about star wars i i know the last i don't like any of the the sequels to just to set the record first i i don't i i think it's all kind of fan fiction i none of them did it Mm -hmm. for me but i will say to me the last Jedi, jedi was more original than the other two it actually it was brave enough to like and again, I don't think it was very well done or anything, but I just mean like certain aspects, the most criticized aspects that I hear are like that Luke Skywalker became this bitter guy who just abandoned hope and shit. And to me, that turns me on. I like, like the best shit about it. <laughs> yeah. I, and for him, to, but to turn around again is cool, you know, to like f- to the next generation inspires him again or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and also Ray her parentage meaning nothing that they were just scavengers you know that was another ryan johnson thing i loved that too that they're saying it's not about you being this chosen one or that you inherited this you know greatness that it can be anyone you know so those those couple things that i hear the most criticized about it i actually thought were mm-hmm. probably the best things about the whole sequel trilogy yep so yeah, uh, I love I love I love The Force Awakens. I thought Star Wars is back. You know, The Force Awakens was fun. It was not original. It was pretty much a remake of A New Hope, but I was fine with that. You know, it was just what I wanted. You know, I was fine with Luke Skywalker leaving. I was fine with that. You know, Han Solo's death, I was fine with. Everything was just good. Then with The Last Jedi, it just The Last Jedi just wasn't fun. It sucked out no. all all the fun that Star Wars is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I felt there was a lot of virtue signaling in it. There was a lot of pandering. Mm-hmm. I just just that didn't I like. See. I don't like politics being shoved down my throat. Well, know? I will say uh, major grievances. That was the one where I forget her name, but the whatever maneuver where she used light speed to like the to hold shatter on, the fold on maneuver. Yeah, it should have been the fucking Akbar maneuver, man. They should have given yeah. that to Akbar. Yep. Admiral Akbar, dude. Yeah, like represent. You know, you know Admiral Akbar went out like a, a you know, like like he didn't mean anything. You know, his, mm-hmm. I don't know. And the whole Princess Leia floating yeah. back. Yeah, that know, was stupid too. Leia okay, Poppins. You convinced me it sucked. <laughs> well, like I said, I didn't like any of them to be honest. Yeah, the so. thing is, the yeah. point is that you like the things most people are criticizing. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I've heard that. Things. I've I've heard that a lot though too. I've heard people that liked it that that's the reasons why they like it you know they, they like it because it was different you know and i'm fine with different i'm fine with subverting expectations but it just sucked all the fun that Star yeah Wars no that's doing. valid for sure and that probably is the most important thing mm-hmm. that is fun but that's even as kid, maybe chris and i was morose because we grew up yeah in ghetto ass fighting kids and shit every day but uh i remember even as kids that we always thought how sick return of the jedi which we already had known as kids was supposed to be the culmination of this Anakin Skywalker story, really, his redemption tale, mm-hmm. if it ended just with him being burned on that pyre instead of the Ewok party and right. the celebration and everything. If you just ended the first trilogy on a fucking slow black fade out of Darth Vader burning and shit, how fucking sick would that be? So we always kind of liked, maybe, or wanted those movies to be a little less fun a little more profound, mm-hmm. a little more, you mm-hmm. know, so. Like, yeah, you think of things like, say, 2001 or, uh, you know, I mean, fucking a lot of Kubrick types, you know, so for Clockwork Orange and things like that. They're fun, but they're, you know, not fun because it's, um, 
these zany adventures or anything like that. It's more yeah. that it's because it's this almost diabolical fun or something. You know what I mean? It's like, like, yeah, almost a guilty pleasure of just yeah malicious breakfast club bender being bad feels pretty good doesn't it type shit you know um one thing in our you know one with our first episode of this talking about star wars was um we keyed it on that it it would have been pretty refreshing to make finn's story the main story that it's this stormtrooper who turns you know that that's compelling as fuck rather than kind of rehashing the same thing yeah and chewbacca Jay pointed out that Chewbacca should have gone on the war path, man. When Han got killed, he should have fucking yeah. tribal Chewbacca painted up, and Han, fucking man. formed a tribe, uh, you know, just fucking... Should we on a war path to get Kylo Ren for killing his fucking homeboy? Yeah, you know, in, in The Force Awakens, I felt that Finn and Rey had really good chemistry. Like, these two were really good mm-hmm. on the screen together. I wanted to see more of that. And in The Last Jedi, they, they separated them. You know, they sent Finn on yeah. a quest with some new character that just that was wasn't interesting. She's not interesting. She's not compelling. I don't care no. about this new person. No, that was worthless. She's annoying. Um, worthless. And, you know, in Rise of Skywalker, I felt like J.J. Gigi- <laughs>